brings us to the next step in this process. Now we're going to look at which phrases, is there phrases, ideas and concepts that we can use to enrich and mm. build into our prayer life so that we don't have to use our own mm. um, ideas or that could lead us astray or look I'm a pleb. I need these yeah, words. Okay. I need help. I, I want need to, I think it's also just if I'm going to pray I know the Lord is gracious and he'll hear my prayers if my heart is right but if I'm going to pray a prayer, I really want it to be something he'll enjoy. Just mm. not any other kind of motivation. I really want him to, to enjoy me coming into his presence. And so he obviously delighted in David's way of praying. So if I can use any of this and know that the Lord might have half the kind of response to me as he did to King David, then I'll be happy. So I'll use it. <laughs> So at this high point, so that's why we we started this teaching at the at the pinnacle of prayer, and now we're going to build it out both ways and see how it works, mm. the ups and the downs. But now at the pinnacle, we're going to see what can we use, what is authentic for us to do in prayer, and here we see verse one and two that it is authentic. To refer to God's creation work in prayer. And we know that a lot of us, as in the beginning days, we do that naturally. You, we look at the ocean and the mountains. That's how we initially uh, try and get a grip on mm. how great God is. Mm. Okay, And um, you stare out over the sunset and you go, oh God, this is you and you are wonderful yes. and it brings all. Yes. And so it is absolutely authentic and, and good to work these things into, into prayer. Mm. Here he refers to God is the one that is in control of everything, creator God. This is, this is good and wise and I think you can almost limitlessly uh, yes. launch and indulge in that but and there's a but this is not the substance of his prayer exactly. this is not the end of his understanding of how big and great God is because he's building up to a higher point now the glory of the creation is not the high point of God's glory mm. it was an expression of his glory it still is and the vastness of creation and even the universe gives us context mm. so that we can verbalize and understand and enter into the vastness and the might of a glorious king. But it um, is in the end of the day a speck of dust. Yes. And as great and grand as it is, it's only an aspect of prayer. And we have to then move on from there. This mm. is very important. Yes, it is. This cannot is. become it's the pinnacle valid. of our understanding of how big God is. Mm. It's Agreed. a very good point. Very good point. I fully agree with you. So then after that, um, interesting what he employs next. What can we learn just out of the um, wording? Uh, verse 3 to 6. It refers to a holy place. Mm-hmm. So we can assume that we can work that into our prayer ability. Yes, yes. Yeah, holy place, your holy place. So instead of 
throne room of heaven we can start referring to the holy place. I think it's also probably safe in prayer because we want to we we want to strategically work to a place of one man of kind of losing form and definition and our ideas or pictures of what you know projecting anything on God and what he should be. We want to lose all of that. So I think this is this is helpful strategically to not refer to his throne room or you know, even the city, because we might run the risk of maybe projecting something. If we refer to his holy place, or the secret, or place. the secret place, then it remains this undefined space, but it's his space. So whatever, whatever he wants it to be, that's what it is. Whatever it is, where he is, that's what it is. Um, it's very mm. independent of what we kind of can conjure up. Exactly. So. Exactly. So he starts off. With something more concrete, the earth and creation. Mm. And I was going to use that as a launching pad, mm. almost, to go to a higher realm, a higher place. And I was moving up the hill mm. in his wording. And he's already re referring to the, the, the place where he wants to go spiritually. Exactly. Exactly. The holy place. Now we know that God dwells in our hearts and the kingdom of God is inside of us. And so there's a lifting of the heads mm. and an envisioning and understanding and a revelation of the new Jerusalem and the kingdom of heaven that we connected to. Yes. And yet there's an upward yes. thrust. Yes, like magnets. <laughs> and this is what he's doing. So we, are, we can then freely... Uh, refer to ascending because in verse 3 yes. it says who may ascend the hill so ascending can be authentic holy place his holy place mm. okay what else um, clean hands and pure heart we know this is reoccurring yes yes in prayer I think in general one could I mean we'll look at maybe more lifting out specific phrases here but we see he makes quite a a chunky reference in context to the size of the psalm, a chunky kind of reference to salvation, the salvation truth. Exactly. So God has imputed his righteousness exactly. to me. I've been washed clean by the blood of the lamb. Uh, all my sins have been forgiven. I'm made completely new. Uh, any kind of reference to salvation, this would be kind of the next step because this is him proving his power in us. Exactly. So... It is also in uh, confirming and endorsing the fact that we have no righteousness of our own, exactly. uh, but we do enter by His righteousness. Yes, yes, yes. And so even, I mean, the way that He says, He who has clean hands and a pure heart, and we, we looked at David knowing full well that this in himself isn't him, and yet, because of God's finished work, it is him. So kind of that... Uh, reinforcing, proclaiming the fact that I am completely perfect in God's presence because of his salvation work. And no false humility of, oh, I'm so unworthy, but luckily God saved me. That's not the strategy. That's not it. It's not no. it. It's God saved me, so I am perfect. By his righteousness, he redeemed me. My hands have been washed clean and my mind has been renewed. Even though we know fully well on this side, it might not be true yet, but because of his salvation work, it is true. In his holy place. So. That's wonderful. And that's so helpful. And so we can see in what context we will use some of the things that we might have already 
uh, we might have learned from others to use it and we might have um, almost uh, out of a place of not understanding we might have used these things but now we can see the context mm, mm. in which we can properly use it then he's going to refer to Jacob very interestingly he's not just jumping ahead to one man yes. he's following respectfully yes, God's yes. process the so. chronological process mm. of creation so referring to Jacob to um, the promise of God, the process of God, the mm-hmm. process that God chose, yes. um, going to reveal His salvation through a, a human lineage, mm. and He's going to partner with the, that which is man and fallen, but mm. according to His elect and yes. lifting upwards. So we see that same process again mm. as what God did, and so we see Him. So, just far as wording and terminology is concerned, he's referring to Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, and we can work this into our prayer. And then he says, "Who seek your face?" Mm-hmm. And this can remove the contention in and debates off the table when it comes to his face. People say nobody can see nobody God's can see face. God and and yeah, he says, "Those who seek your face." Now you see, it's Jacob. The generation of God's elect that are allowed to seek His face. Exactly. And so we can freely start to pray, yes. Lord, uh, call me to seek Your face. Mm. Lead me, Holy Spirit, to seek the face of Yahweh. To say, mm. seek the face of my beautiful Lord and Savior, Yahushua. It doesn't mean I want to see His features. It means no. that I want to come close enough yes. to be in His sight. Yes. I want to come close enough. To for his countenance to shine upon me, exactly. and for a face-to-face meeting, okay. a closeness and an intimacy. That's yes. what it means. Yes. It doesn't mean that we want to um, take a photograph of God so we no. can publish it. But we even see. I mean, just again on that debate, there's more than one psalm where references made to seeking His face. So mm. again, it's not so that we can come back and go, oh, I saw God. No. It's, again, it's that it's intimacy. It's Him allowing you close enough that you can actually look at each other. It's that kind of mm. feeling of being allowed to gaze upon one another. You, he, he's allowing you to to look at Him. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. There's such an intimacy connected to this. See, if you met somebody and spent time with them and, and was in conversation with them and they left upon you, a strong favorable impression then you don't have to three weeks later you don't have to remember the picture of their face mm. or the detail of their features you are left with an impression yes. of the person yes. and the face somehow leaves the impression it's yes. the way the eyes look yes. the way the mouth looks the, yes. the, the communication through not only the voice, but the attitude yes. and and the smile or those things. It's the impression that's left. Uh, and this is what we can seek to for God to impress Himself upon us. Mm. Because we seek to be impressed upon. Mm. That is what we might work into our prayer ability. And then, of course, I would like to encourage everybody to... Start incorporating this in your prayer ability, the reference to lift up your heads, O you gates, mm. be lifted up your everlasting doors. 
lift up your head so you guys and be lifted up are you doors it's just this ascension uh, of of the own self uh, image self uh, ideas self realization as well uh, together with the body realization mm. and it's moving away from self to uh, starting to express ourselves as part of that which is uh, the glorious city and the glorious messiah and obviously then he's going straight to glorious messiah king of kings <laughs> and this this is a well-known phrase that um, we can definitely start to incorporate king of glory other key words that you can identify what is he doing next what is he going to refer to well i think maybe something that we we didn't maybe refer to earlier in verse 8 is who is this king of glory the lord strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle um i think in this case he refers to specific characteristics of 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 yahweh but mm -hmm. i think if we if we have the time we can even expand on more of who of who yahweh is um what we know about his character and his mm -hmm. person um, I don't think we have to limit it in any way. Mm. But, you know, the Bible helps us. There's many terms or terminology that we can use that we know who he is. So Lord of hosts would be one one aspect. And uh, the Lord's strong and mighty and mighty in battle. We did a while back um, the characteristics of God where we looked at his... Uh, he is a God of righteousness and mercy. We looked at when he reveals his name to Moses, for instance. We see it's not just a name that he says. He actually reveals to Moses his, his character, his person. Mm. So it's those kind of things we can start just proclaiming, announcing, pronouncing and proclaiming who Yahweh is, what is his character. Um, because, I mean, at this stage, I'd imagine that David is kind of in the spirit within the assembly and there would be a freedom to just express because there's nothing else to express. There's nothing else to worship or glorify. Mm. And f a freedom to just express and proclaim and worship who mm. Yahweh is mm. and, and what he is. So. And, and when he's referring to the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, he's actually referring to this whole huge... Um, outplaying or um, manifestation of, of, of God's will regarding evil and dissension and um, rebellion mm. and that which is not good or perfect or Him. Uh, and so the fact is that the battle is from the moment that he starts to express his word, yes. his will, and there's a, another will. Mm. And ultimately, this is uh, through many mighty works and actions, through men and sovereignly, that's not the high point of his glory or him as a man of war, as a god of war. This is, he's a god that systematically, strategically, mm. patiently mm. executes a plan. Yes. And he executes it according to self-control, patience, these are strengths. Yes. He's almighty, but he's not just going to swing his sword once. No. He's going to be patient, steadfast, determinate. Yes. And I think, um, so just as far as 
the terminology is concerned, freely work the Lord, uh, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Those phrases mm. you can work into prayer, and it's a matter of fact, I don't think that you could ever use it too often. <laughs> yes. And uh, King of Glory, a wonderful um, reference to his uh, positioning, his authority, his power, but especially to his finished work. Yes. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful term that we uh, can encapsulate mm. so many thoughts. Mm. And when we use it, our thoughts can uh, take flight and enter into all the deep realities, deep doctrines that would take hours to expound yes, on. Yes. But we can just access it in a moment. And I think as well as that, there's so many <coughs> prophetic unfoldings of this picture of the King of Glory coming in. So in, in, in saying a phrase like, and the King of Glory shall come in. I mean, this could refer to so many different, mm. uh, to so many occasions. I mean, you said the day of Pentecost, but it could also refer to him coming back at the mm. end of days. But it could even refer to him coming as a man in the first place. There's so many, I mean, it could even in some ways refer to Melchizedek. So in any way that we understand he is the King of Glory and him making any kind of appearance into our creation could be, you know, this could be referenced to to all of those uh, instances or occasions. So, again, it's kind of like you give your, your mind the space to take flight and just go through all of these occasions at once, in one sentence. Yeah. And you, it can be a combination of the ultimate truth in these things and still my personal now need uh, for the King of Glory to come into my situation. Exactly into my battle, exactly. into my battle to overcome all my battle against forces on the outside, externally, into my circumstances. Uh, there is a application in here that goes to every level of his mm -hmm. involvement in our lives, our exactly. circumstances, according to his perfect plan for our lives mm. and his perfect will. Mm. And when we go, oh, Lord, I need breakthrough in this area of my life, and I'm just, Lord, with all my heart, looking forward and calling King of Glory to come in. I'm lifting my gates, and I'm lifting um, my life up mm -hmm. to become a gate. That you will not only come into this need, but come with all your glory into my life, into every aspect. From this moment on, I need victory now so that I can move forward mm. uh, after your glory has filled my life mm. with the miracle or the deliverance or the provision. So we've got to understand, we don't want the King of Glory just to come into our moment or our need and then go back. <laughs> no. Please come it's and not stay. Who he is. <laughs> so if we're going to ask the King of Glory to come into my problem or my need um, or my circumstance, then we have to ask the King of Glory to come into my circumstance and bring all the glory and the eternal truth of that glory uh, into my circumstance. And then that circumstance of my life uh, now has to become part of that glory. So rather, if a person wanted to pray because they have a cancer or they wanted to pray because they have another issue or need or pressing matter, 
and they wanted to pray for God's help, they must understand they're asking for the King of Glory to come into that circumstance. And um, so you must decide, is it maybe better to try and solve this myself because <laughs> I don't want to live for God. And so this is a wonderful phrase for us that are already committed to, mm. to, uh, to having Him uh, really blind really our eyes and 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 overtake our lives with his glory that's a phrase that we can freely use it's a reference to the outpouring of the holy spirit it's a reference to his coming back one day this brings us to this terminology um uh who is the king of glory the lord of hosts and let the glory king of glory come in that is a reference to us looking forward and hastening the return of the yes. Lord. And this will, you pray this, and you, you, you worship in this manner, it will envision you. Envision you, excite you for the bigger picture, mm -hmm. the bigger events in His will. It will um, cause your life to just come in line with, with His greater purposes and he's finished work and things that he is going to do and has done and this is a wonderful way to use the specific way that it's said mm. with meditation and understanding um, to develop this kind of uh, prayer ability that we're seeking that it had that's the end of session three <laughs>